Praise God for the Lord Jesus Christ, God's only Son, who brings us this salvation that we're singing about, this salvation that we're, that we're contemplating and meditating on as we share together in the Lord's Supper. Please take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, we want to read a couple of verses as we prepare our hearts and our, our lives uh, for this participation in the Lord's Supper. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, one of his apostles, which means one that was called to be sent out from the Lord Jesus into the world to, to be his representative. Um, Peter was there that day uh, when Jesus was talking to the people in the synagogue in Capernaum about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Uh, Peter was one of, one of those who didn't leave after that sermon. Uh, that sermon, in fact, in Jesus' ministry was one of the turning points. Um, after they heard that message about his flesh and blood, about him being the bread of life that came down from heaven and that everybody had to eat his flesh and drink his blood, at that moment, after that message was over, the word says that many left him that, after that. They stopped following him. He even turned to, to his disciples, including Peter, said, are you guys going to leave also? Peter said, where else, where else are we going to go? Who else has the words of life? And so Peter, who was there that day, makes these comments about what Jesus did for us. In verse 18, he says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Peter recognized that Jesus was exactly who John the Baptist said he was. Remember early in Jesus' earthly ministry, when he came to be baptized, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God, as Peter says, without blemish or defect. I'd like to look back into the Old Testament for a moment to, to get an idea where that imagery comes from. In Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 17, I'll give you a moment to turn there. Leviticus 17, verses 10 and 11. We get an idea of where this whole concept of the importance of the shedding of blood comes from. This is in the law of Moses, given to the Israelites to set them apart from the rest of the world and also to prepare for the coming of the Messiah, who is Jesus. So this is one of those passages that we see Jesus very clearly in the law of Moses. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 10. Any Israelite or any alien living among them who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from his people. For the life of a creature is in the blood. 
And I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Now that's a a very brief statement about the sacrificial system. But I want us to think about it for a moment as we think back to what Peter said when he referred to Jesus as a lamb without blemish or defect. When God made the dietary rule for the Israelites that they could not eat any flesh that still had blood in it, he did so because he said that the life of that body, of that, of that animal, just as in the life of a human being, that the life is in the blood. And we all know that without blood, certainly we don't live. Some of us have had close calls uh, with with that kind of thing, where we've had to have blood transfusions to to get us going, to keep us going, to to enable us to live, because we were in some condition where we were bleeding so severely. Many of us have had that experience. And and we also know of people who have passed away because they bled too much, and and the the life was no longer in them. Well, in, in the case of the sacrificial system, God, who declared that they were made in his image, and he gave them blood to give them life, that if, a, if an animal was brought in, the, in accordance to the law of Moses, if an animal was brought, a, a lamb, and again, they were always just, it was always said of them that they had to be without defect, they had to be perfect examples of lambs, they couldn't have any deformities or anything like that. So if that lamb was brought, that that lamb's blood would be shed, and it was a very bloody practice, there was, there was blood all over the altar. There was blood all over the priests. It was, it was a very ugly thing. But that was being done as a picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ was going to do on the cross when his blood would be shed for the atonement of our sins so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And so when Peter makes this reference and he says that our, that our redemption wasn't bought for us with, with perishable things like gold or silver, but it was bought for us with the blood of the perfect Lamb of God. He is referring to what Jesus did for us on the cross. And I personally have never looked forward to sharing together in the Lord's Supper more than I'm looking forward to it this morning. And I don't know what all the factors are that have have built built this up for me uh, for this morning. I know that I'm getting very tired of COVID-19. And I know that those of you that have friends and loved ones and, that, have, that have been dealing with it are, are, are tired of it. I know you're tired of your lives being changed by it. I, I know that we're tired of all the uncertainty that it's creating, and that wears us out. We're tired of experts not being experts. You know, we're, we're tired of really not knowing very much about it and, and all those kind of things. We're, we're wearing out from that. I know I am. I know that I'm tired of the unrest in our country. I'm tired of the, of the, of the protests. I'm tired of the politics. I'm tired of the, of the campaign. I'm tired of all of these things that are going on, and, and, and the violence especially, um, and all of these things. Very, it's, it's very wearying to me. I'm, I'm also, you know, as, as many of you have expressed um, sympathy to, to me and my family in, in the passing of my, uh, my, my stepmother, uh, last week, and her funeral was last Sunday, and we thank you for your prayers, and my dad is doing, is doing very well. But, but her passing, and then the thoughts of my mom's passing because of her passing, you know, was weighing heavy on me. 
And of course, this month and, and today in particular um, is the day that my grandson uh, last year passed away after two days of life, being born on July 17th. Um, and so I know that all of these things are just weighing on me. And as I, as I contemplated and look forward to the sharing together of Lord's Supper, I was reminded through all of that confusion and all of that death and all of that sorrow, I was reminded, Jesus died for me. The Son of God, the perfect Lamb of God, he died for me. And no matter what's going on, all the stuff that I mentioned and, and, and other things as well. And I know that you all are, are weighed down by all kinds of these things as well. It's, it's all of us in this together. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for us. Because he died, we can live. Not just live in this life, but we can live forever. In eternity, as I was thinking about my, my stepmother, as I was thinking about my mother, as I was thinking about my grandson, and I started thinking about other relatives and other loved ones, m- many from Midway Community Church, who have already gone before us and entered into glory. I was just thinking of the great promises that are ours, that are mine, through the work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that no matter what happens, and, and again, we don't know what's happening in our country, we don't know what's happening in our world, we have hopes and we have prayers and we have dreams of, of, of what may happen and how we get out of these things, but we don't know. But in, in, in reality, it doesn't matter how it turns out because Jesus died for us. Jesus, the Son of God, he has been, he has been providing salvation to people in the worst of conditions much worse than our condition right now, much more death than I've experienced. He's been providing salvation to those who believe in him forever. As people have been turning through faith, because remember, it's by faith that we, that we come to him. Uh, he's not here physically right now, but we trust that what is recorded about him is true and what he did for us is true. And that the promises that he made were validated, not only because so many of them have already come to pass and have already been fulfilled, but also because of his resurrection from the dead. That gives him a voice that we need to listen to. That gives him a voice that we need to come to grips with. We need to listen to what a man who's been raised from the dead has to say. He showed himself to be the very son of God that his word describes. He showed himself to be God himself as he himself said throughout his ministry. Even in this passage in John 6 that Dan read for us earlier. When he says that he is the bread of heaven or or the bread of life coming down from heaven. There he was equating himself with God. The Jews knew that. That's why they were so troubled by it. That's why, why it bothered them so badly. But he said that he was God and we need to listen to what God says. God who proves himself to be God through his resurrection from the dead. And so as we think about Jesus and we think about what he's done for us and we think about our circumstances right now, we can come together at the table of the Lord. And that's what we're doing today. That's that's why it's called the Lord's Supper. We're gathering together at his table, remembering 
the table of the Last Supper that he had with his disciples, where he instituted this. Certainly he started the idea with his message in John 6. But as he met with his disciples before his arrest, before his trial, before his crucifixion, he told them that he wanted them to share together in this supper when they met together. He wanted them to remember what he did for them. He wanted them to remember that his body, his physical body, because remember, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is fully man and fully God. When he, when he, when he went to the cross, when they nailed those spikes into his wrists and his hands, when they nailed those spikes into his feet, those spikes were piercing human flesh that have the same kind of nerve endings that, that, that we have. He suffered physically on that cross when his body was broken. When they thrust that spear into his side to see if he was dead yet, there was pain there until he, until he died. He was physically broken. And he knew that was going to be happening. And he told his disciples, I want you to remember this. When you take the bread, when you break it, I want you to remember that my body was broken for you. And he was telling them this because his was the only body that was sufficient to be broken for anybody else. Well, we might have a desire, you know, and, and I know I've talked to, to, to many of you who have, have had family members suffering. And you've said so many times, I mean, I wish I could take her suffering. I wish I could take his suffering upon myself. I wish I could do it. But we can't. But Jesus could because he's the perfect lamb of God. He's fully man fully God. He is the one who lived throughout his entire life without ever sinning. That's why, Paul, why Peter can say, without blemish, without defect. He never did anything wrong. So when he went to the cross, his body was broken for us. And he wants us to remember that. That gives us hope in the midst of, in the middle of this broken world that we live in. And we live in a broken world. If you, if you thought differently before March of 2020, you know now this is a broken world. Most people in the world have experienced a lot more brokenness than we're, than we're experiencing now. So they, they aren't surprised by this, but it's a broken world. We're broken people in a broken world and we need somebody to help us. And Jesus Christ is that somebody. And we come to the Lord's table this morning as believers in him. And I, I mention this as believers in him because the word of God tells us that as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, this is, this is something that the family of God celebrates. And so if you're not a believer in Christ this morning, I would encourage you just to watch rather than participate. But if you believe in Jesus and you just started believing in him this morning, even as we've been, been sharing together in these songs and, and in these scriptures, I would encourage you to participate in it um, because it's for all of us who believe. It's a very, very special thing for us. It reminds us that Jesus' body was broken for us. It also reminds us that it was his precious blood that was shed for us. And when we think about who he is and that he, the maker of this world, our very creator, the creator of those very soldiers who used sledgehammers to drive spikes into his body. He was there 
creator. And he could have stopped them. He could have stopped them. He could have, he could have ha- had them killed that very moment just with the thought of it because of his power, because he's God. But even though he was their creator, as they slammed those sledgehammers onto those spikes through his flesh and his blood started pouring out, do you remember what he said? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They didn't recognize him as their creator. They didn't recognize him as their sustainer. They didn't recognize that he was the very one who caused the air that they were breathing that day to give them the strength to drive those spikes into his hand. They didn't realize that he was the one giving them the power to do that. And they certainly didn't recognize yet that he was the one that was going through this so that they could be forgiven of their sins. But we know that some of those guys, at least one of them, put his trust in the one who is dying for their sins. And as that centurion recognized that Jesus was the Son of God, that that he was dying for, for him, as he recognized that, so all of us who recognize that Jesus' blood was shed for us, then through that faith, we also then can participate in all of the promises that he's made for us. The promises of provision as we walk through these uncertain times. He's promised to provide for us. But more important than his provision for us now, he's promised to provide for us for all eternity. And that's the provision that we're most interested in. That's the provision that we're most thankful for. That's why we can celebrate even in the death of those that we know and love. Because we know that by their faith in Christ, that they also are ushered right into his presence. Where he says in his word, in John 14, he says that he's gone away to prepare a place for us. And as when we leave this world, when we die in this world, when, when, when the brokenness of this world finally takes us out, as it does all of us, until the Lord returns, when we breathe our last in this life, if we have trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who had his body broken and shed his blood for us, then we are ushered immediately into his presence in the glory of God. And we're going to share in that presence, and we're going to share in that glory. We're going to share in all of the rewards that he has planned to give all of us who live our lives for him. We have that opportunity to look forward to. And so as we share together this morning at the Lord's table, as we, as we hold the bread and, and think about, what he, about his body being broken for us, and as we eat of it, as we hold that cup and think about the, the shed blood of Christ, that it was shed for us, that he, that he did that out of love for us as individuals, then we look forward to all of the promises that he's made being fulfilled for us in our lives as only he can fulfill them. And so this is a time of, of sorrow as we think about what Jesus had to go through, but it's also a time of great joy as we think of what his death on the cross brings to all of us who believe through the forgiveness of our sins. You see, once our sins are forgiven, that barrier that that used to stand before us and God is broken down. A perfect, all-holy, righteous God can receive all of us who believe in Jesus because he died for us. 
He took away all of our sins so that God no longer holds those sins against us. He put those on Jesus. When Jesus died and and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God was turning his back, so to speak, on all of the sins of the world placed on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he will never turn his back on us because our sins are gone. They're forgiven, they're forgotten. And we have great fellowship and communion. That's why we sometimes call this practice of the Lord's Supper communion. We have wonderful communion with God. That's, that's a close fellowship. That's a close relationship with God only because of Jesus Christ. So this supper that we're, that we're celebrating today, this is all about Jesus. This is a reminder that Jesus is the only one who could take away our sins and that by his great love for us, he did just that when he died on the cross. And so at this time, I'm going to ask you to take, uh, take time now to get the elements out, the, the cup and the bread. And uh, here in, at, in our sanctuary where the elders and the, and the sound tech team are, are gathered together, um, we're going to take, take part in this as well. And first, I want you to take the bread, and I just want you to hold it just for a few moments, remembering what Jesus did for you on the cross, remembering that his body was broken for you, and take a moment as you hold it to consider your life, consider your obedience to Christ, And if there are some areas of your life that you have not been living for him, that you've not been submitting to him, make this a time of confession. Make this a time of getting things right with him. Um, Because that's why he died on the cross for us. The word of God says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this is a great time to do that as we prepare to eat together of the bread um, that represents the body of Jesus Christ. So let's take a moment now and do that.